Romans 15, 5 through 13. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up. The root of Jesse will spring up. One who will rise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for conference. Thank you for church. Thank you that we get to do this, Lord. For your grace, mercy, mercy truth, and love. We thank you, Father. Speak to us today. May we listen so clearly. In your name we pray. Amen. So in case you missed it, National Conference is the gathering of pastors and local church representatives. We call them lay delegates and other spouses and other friends and, and things like that. We, we come together. We meet at Messiah University, right? And we review the mission, the purpose, the vision of our denomination. Reports are given. Business is discussed. Sometimes we, we vote on things. Some years feature uh, more, more votes and more business. This year we were, we were lighter on, on that, and that's totally okay, because uh, I know how much we all love church business. <laughs> but part of that church business is credentialing. Pastors receive, uh, you know, a licensed preacher or being a local elder. We, we have credentials in the EC church. And of course, we worship, we learn, as you saw, the, the equipping experience that we did on Thursday, and a lot of fellowship time, too. And the biggest piece of news coming out of National Conference 2022 is that we have a, a new bishop. Randy Sizemore is our new bishop. And so we did spend time to honor Bruce Hill and his wife, Gloria. Eleven years they served as bishop. And in case you want to ask, okay, what... What is a bishop? Well, that's, that's our overseer, the pastor to the denomination, the pastor to the pastors, you could think of our, our bishop. But the bishop doesn't act alone. Uh, he has communities around himself, uh, spheres of ministry like kingdom extension, ministerial development, global missions, church health, missional alignment. 
These are communities, bodies of, of other pastors and, and, and other representatives around the denomination, and they all work with the bishop. Our denomination functions with this shared ministry approach, which means just like at a local church level where some of us wear a lot of different hats, well, in the denomination, a lot of us wear different hats. There's a lot of work to do. This year's theme was Overflowing Hope, and it's based on a benediction found in Romans 15, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, we're just going to sit on this one verse. And, and this message was, uh, was developed throughout the week uh, from just being at conference, and it was, it was put together uh, when I got home from, from conference, and, and, uh, but we're just going to sit on this one verse, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, God is a God of hope. God is a God of hope. What is hope? Hope is expectation, usually in a, in a positive way. Uh, it is faith projected into the future. Like, like, out of an essence of our loyalty to Jesus today, knowing it to be true that Jesus is who he says he is, and that the good news really is good news and will always continue to be good news, you know it to be true that Jesus will do what he says he will do, and he will always be who he says he is. And because of who God is, because of who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is, because of who God is, because of what God has done in history, we can hope. I'm a baseball fan, and I think you know some of our, our favorite hitters, when they approach the batter's box, you know who they are. You know their statistics. And you hope they're going to drive in some runs, or they're going to they're hit that home run. You, you hope for that based on who they are, based on what they have done in the past. You can't see the future. You just get to, to root for them. Now, comparing God to a, a baseball player, obviously, that's a, that's a stretch. But I hope you get the point of the illustration. God is a God of hope. Who he is and what he has done and what he says he will do. He's the author of hope. God is the one who sees around the corner. So when we hear stories of supermarket shootings, and school shootings, when Europe is at war, when we hear of wars and rumors of war, when nation rises against nation, when we hear about famines, earthquakes, when we groan right alongside the entire creation, we turn to God, who's, in, who's here. In the middle of all this, this chaos, in the middle of all the, the heaviness that we're feeling right now, and, and the, the, the birth pains, as Paul puts it, we turn to God. God is revealed to us as a God of hope. God is above the noise. 
God is above this windy noise that is hurting our ears. It's, it's deafening. But God is also revealed to us as Emmanuel, God with us. God is present with us. He is here working in our midst. We sing about that in the song Waymaker. God, you are here working, moving in our midst. God is present with us. And so there's two prayer requests here in this, this verse. Uh, or, or maybe it's, it's one prayer request with two parts or two prayer requests, however you want to frame it up. But the first prayer request is this. Church, may we trust in the God of hope. Church, trust in the God of hope. So that God would fill us with joy and peace. And this is all based out of relationship. Relational trust in God leads us to joy leads us to peace. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, this world has ached and it has agonized and we all feel it. If you're not feeling it right now, I'm going to guess you're like you're not human. We're feeling it today. Life's heavy. The air's thick. We, we feel the, the disconnect. Again, the, the wind, the, the, the loud noise that's out there. We all know joy and peace and insecurity. And the Bible lets us know that the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And as Christians, we're getting smacked around in this world. We are deprived of joy and peace. And then even more so, going deeper with that thought, it breaks my heart when churches are deprived of joy and peace. And I'm not saying anything new. But what I get to share with you today, Romans 15, 13, is pastoring us right now. Romans 15, 13, this, this one little verse, let it shepherd your heart today. Okay. It has this invitation to pray. May the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you, church. Plymouth meeting, church. Christian, be filled with joy and peace. Church, God is the God of hope, and he is, he is the source of, of joy and peace. He is the giver, the one who pours out hope and joy and peace. And, and, and God fills up our cup. And absolutely, we, we all do it. We, we look for other things to fill our cup. We just sing, when I am dry, you fill my cup. We sing that. We sing out our theology, when I'm dry, you fill my cup. But then later this week, that's not what we're singing. Because we're looking, at, we're looking for all these other things to fill our cup. And I'm actually not even talking about worldly idols, although I, I could. Let's just, let's just keep the conversation about church. Even within the church, we, we look for other things to fill up our uh, my, my friend, Dr. Angela Smith, she has this expression, Cracker Jack Jesus. Cracker Jack Jesus. Do you know what Cracker Jacks are? I assume they're, they're still around. When we treat Jesus like he's the trivial prize at the bottom of our sugary religious junk food. No, no, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God isn't to be some fun prize that sometimes we find at, at church events. No, God is the main thing. 
God is the author. God is the source. God is love. God is our life. God is the main thing. And so may I encourage you today, may I encourage you today to trust in God. Trust is a relational word. He's the fountain of hope. He's the fountain of joy and peace. God has buckets, buckets of joy and peace to dump over you, to dump into your heart. Author Sam Storms says, Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. C.S. Lewis says, God can't give us peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. God's presence is the key. God's presence, relational presence. God brings joy and peace to us. And you know, we have probably all have experienced this when we're going through a hard time and somebody says, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. And sometimes that comes across as a stock statement. And I'm really sorry if, if it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't hit right. Uh, well, just, you know, you're, you're, you're pouring yourself out. Uh, you're, 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 you're vomiting all over the place, as, as we like to say these days. You know, you, you, gotta, you, give, you give something away, and then they're, they're like, just pray about it. Sometimes it comes across as like a stock statement. But here's the thing. The theology behind that statement is right on. But, but it's not the performance of the prayer that brings joy and peace. It is the person who you're praying to. God personally, personally, delivers joy and peace, and he doesn't blink. In my office, I have uh, a piece of paper with a Bible verse written down on it, and it's, it's taped to my monitor. Isaiah 26.3 in the King James Version. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Lois, I bet you have that one memorized, don't you? Isaiah 26.3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. May I be presently aware to trust in my Abba Father, because this world is heavy and chaotic. But I want my mind to stay soaked in God's peace. Church, may we be filled with joy and peace. So that, here's the second part of the prayer request, so that we can be empowered by God's Holy Spirit to overflow with hope. May we abound in the hope of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. May we trust in God. God pours joy and peace into our lives. And then the prayer request is that we would be supernaturally empowered by God's Holy Spirit to then overflow with hope. And I think the American church desperately needs to be reminded of this superpower over abundant hope that we have from our God. At National Conference, Bishop Randy, he took a few moments to share uh, with us, to, to situate us and remind us that we are living in a post-Christian America. This is what I was saying earlier when, when like, conference was real. We kind of had to 
take a look at the, the stark reality of where we are situated in in 2022 in post-Christian America. That means post means beyond. The Christian church does not have the influence it once did in America. One third of adults under the age of 30 have no religious affiliation. This is a demographic that is rapidly rising. They're called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns. We're living in a time of unprecedented anxiety, increased suicide risk, family burnout, parents are burnt out. More and more pastors are quitting. More and more Christians are walking away from the church or have changed churches, maybe for good or bad reasons, I don't know. But there is a lot going on and we could continue to cut this cake of the reality of church right now. At conference, Bishop Randy, he encouraged us by, by telling us that there is no plan B. And that doesn't sound like encouragement right off the bat. Let's, let's stay with baseball. Um, just imagine like being the starting pitcher. You're warming up, throwing, throwing uh, you know, your warm-up throws there. Uh, then, then the manager comes out to the mound and says, oh, by the way, there is no bench. Your plan A you have to pitch nine innings. There's no one here to relieve you. Bishop Randy reminded us, there is no plan B. Christian, you are plan A. When we go back to our theology, who is God? Who is God and what is he doing? What has he done? God is on mission. God is on mission. God has a church, us, for his mission. We are God's church. That is where the encouragement starts to sound like encouragement. We are God's church, and he has called us to do this. He's called you. He's called you to do this. We are God's church. Dr. Doug Buckwater of Evangelical Seminary, he says, Theology, when properly learned, behaves. Who are we? We are God's church and we behave. We will act. We will go before and, and on mission with God. We're going to bring about his kingdom. There is no plan B. Let's rock and roll. Church. God has a fire hose of joy and peace to blast you with. As we get super soaked with joy and peace... God says that we are then going to be empowered to overflow with hope. Are you hope hydrated right now? And so at the end of conference, I, I tried to listen into what God was saying to me. With the news, with everything, conference, and it was a heavy week. It, it was a good week, but it was, it was a heavy week. And I, I sat there at conference, and it's like, okay, God, what, what are you saying to me? There's a lot of messages I could take back and share with you and, and all of that. But it's like, okay, what am I saying? God, what are you saying to me? And God gave me a story from Matthew 14. And so now I'm going to share with you Matthew 14. 
It's the story of Jesus walking on water. I, I'm not going to preach on it. I'm just going to reference it here, read, read a little bit here. But Matthew 14. Jesus has a really long day of doing ministry. Wonderful, exciting things happen. He feeds the 5,000 plus. You know, he, he's totally on mission trip mode. And he, he, he uh, has a long day of, of ministry. And he's dealing with, with heavy times because uh, Herod kills John the Baptist. That's how Matthew 14 starts. His cousin John was just beheaded. Jesus is wrestling with heavy things too. He has a long day of ministry. His disciples are out on the boat and it's evening time. And then Jesus walks on the water. I'm going to start with verse 27. And, and, and they're crying out in fear. You know, they, they're, they're, their mind's being blown right now. Like Jesus is walking on water. They thought he was a ghost. Immediately, Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Wow. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? There is a lot of wind. There's a lot of noise right now. And perhaps there always has been. And sometimes this wind sounds pretty convincing. Lots of wind and waves. As some of you know, I, I have moderate hearing loss. Not enough to get hearing aids yet. But I struggle in competitive environments. Restaurants, dishes, and chatter going around. Sometimes it's so hard, just, you know, someone's sitting so close to me, and I struggle to hear. But I think that, that applies to all of us spiritually. With our, our soul ears are struggling in a competitive environment. And so what God spoke to me, what, what God shared with me on Friday, as I was asking God, okay, hey, what are you saying to me, God? He said, keep your eyes on me. Don't look at the wind and the waves. Keep your eyes on me. We are called to do some serious trusting. So talk about relational trust. Look at Peter getting out of a boat in the middle of a lake to walk on water. That's what relational trust looks like. But it's not just trusting alone. It's, it's the obtaining of joy and peace as we do. It's the overflow of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We trust in the God of hope who pours out joy and peace into our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is there to empower us to then keep it going, to overflow with hope. From a place of trust, 
out of an abundance of joy and peace. We radiate hope. We release hope around us. We speak words of hope. We shine bright in this crooked generation. So I just want to close with asking just just a few questions. What is God asking you to trust him with today? What is God asking you to trust him with? Are you struggling with joy, deprivation, or you're hungry for peace? How can we pray for you? Please reach out to me or anybody here in the congregation. How can we pray for you? How can we help you? I want you to think about maybe somebody in your life right now. Somebody you're texting or calling or or maybe someone you haven't really talked to recently. Think about them right now. How can you radiate hope to that person this week? How can you radiate hope to somebody this week? And I kicked this around. I was, I was even thinking, you know what? Just Most of us have cell phones. Most of us text. You're welcome to take out your phones and text somebody right now a word of encouragement and hope. If you want to do that, go ahead. How can you radiate hope to somebody this week? God is the God of hope. May we trust in him. Trust in him. He has so much joy and peace. So much joy and peace. Just think about that. Joy and peace from God. Whatever, whatever this, this week, this year looks like for us, God has joy and peace for us. We are his church. We belong to him. We are agents of hope. We are super powered to radiate hope in this hard, heavy, dark world. Let's pray.